Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Between the ages of 17 and about 22 or 23, I spent a lot of my time partying. I mean, a lot of us do at that age, right? But there was this one particular morning that I had what you could call an aha moment. It was a summer day and I woke up to the sun blazing down on me. I felt hot and it felt stuffy and something smelled like day-old booze mixed with even older socks. I wasn't quite sure where I was, and it took me a moment to sort of get my wits about me. That's when I realized I was in the backseat of my car in the middle of an apple orchard. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Erin, we do not want to know the details of a night that led you to that particular scenario. Or maybe you're one of those people who wants to know all the dirty details, but to be honest, I really can't remember. I'd have to piece it together, a la The Hangover. But one thing's for sure, it wasn't glamorous. It's never glamorous to wake up in the backseat of your car, especially in an orchard. But don't worry, nothing really bad did happen, and that's exactly the point of this story. So let's back up a little bit. In the summer before my senior year of high school, my parents were getting ready to move to Alaska again. See, I'd spent a good portion of my teen years moving around from state to state because, long story short, my dad couldn't stick to one job. We moved to Alaska, and I'm talking a teeny tiny remote island in Alaska, but that's a story for another time. And then we moved to Wyoming, of all places on Earth. And as I record this, I'm thinking, why couldn't my parents have taken me somewhere like Hawaii or California? But alas, that wasn't in the cards. Anyway, we'd finally moved back to Washington State, which for all intents and purposes was my home. That's where I was born, and for the most part, that's where I was raised. And they were getting ready to move yet again back to Alaska to that same remote island. And I'm telling you, I was not having any of it. I was in high school, I was getting ready to graduate, and I was just plain sick of moving around. Plus, I wasn't exactly on the best terms with my family at that point, but again, that's yet another story for yet another time. Back to the story at hand. What happened was I was very close to turning 18 and I told my mom, I'm not going, period. I refuse to go back to Alaska. I'm going to stay here. I'm almost 18 and this is my decision. It wasn't the easiest deal to make, but somehow my parents agreed to my terms. It was a miracle. So I guess the lesson could be persistence and a good argument definitely pay off or maybe just persistence because they were sick of listening to me. You have to understand, this time in my life was a turning point. I had grown up very sheltered in many ways and not so sheltered in others, but I didn't have a lot of opportunities as a young person, you know, during my childhood and my adolescence, my teen years, to socialize, to go out and explore the world independently and sort of find my own way. When you're 17 and your parents suddenly jet off and go to live in an entirely different state than you, you get a whole lot of independence real fast. 
and you use this opportunity to explore all the things you hadn't been able to explore for basically your entire life. So you could say I went a little wild. I call this my rebellious phase. You can call it my dumbass phase. Red Foreman certainly would. But young people go through this pivotal moment where they find themselves, right? They don't have to answer to mom or dad, their guardian, whomever. In a lot of ways, this was a defining moment in my life because it really changed everything about the trajectory that I was on. And of course, my path changed again later and then again later, but that's just how life goes. And I always like to say, it's a good thing I went through this phase before college because I see a lot of young people experience this type of freedom for the first time when they head off to college. And then guess what happens? They're surrounded by people and places that are all new to them. So they have all these new shiny things, but no real support system in place. And at the same time, they're trying to keep their grades up and party, which is not easy to do. I should know, partying got in the way of high school for me, and I actually dropped out my senior year. I know, I told you, you can call this my dumbass phase. But I really did. I got a part-time job at a local restaurant, and I was socializing, let's say, very hard at this time. I had been an A student. I actually liked learning, and I still do, but when you're young and you have the opportunity to choose fun and money over showing up to school every day at 8 a.m., you choose fun and money, or at least I did. I guess I was making up for all those years I felt deprived of independence. So that summer, I really started relishing my newfound freedom. I had had friends growing up, you know, lots of friends from different parts of my life, Some happened to be neighbors, others were kids I knew from the time I was born, you know, cousins and other extended family members, and of course, some I knew from school. But I never really had my group, if you know what I mean. It seemed like everyone had their squad growing up, and I never really had that. Over the years, I'd hung out with this one group of girls that would kind of shift a little bit, you know, one would come in, another would sort of stray to another group, and you know, that's life, that's how it goes. But I never really felt like I was part of something bigger. And to tell you the truth, at the time, I didn't necessarily want that. I didn't belong to youth groups. I wasn't on sports teams. I sought out solo activities, like weightlifting. And so that summer, when I started partying, I found my group in a sense. I wasn't really looking for it, so I guess it found me. And looking back, I knew even then that a huge part of the reason I even had this group to begin with was because I had the car and I had the job, which means I had the beer money and I had transportation to parties. But still, we had a lot of fun, and as it turns out, I had a group I could rely on. And that's really what matters for the purpose of this story. Now, I said I didn't have a lot of freedom and independence growing up, but that shouldn't be confused with the fact that I was a very independent individual. I was very self-reliant, I stuck to my own, I was a big reader, I did a lot of art, you know, things you can do in solitude. And I worked from a very young age so that I could buy a lot of my own things that my parents couldn't afford, like new clothes and makeup and name brand shampoo, things I considered essentials, but you know, that your parents think are frivolous because they were trying to support four kids on one blue-collar income. And so that independence and that self-reliance, I think, over the years had gotten in the way of building deeper connections with people. 
It's not bad to be independent and self-reliant, don't get me wrong, but when you never ask anyone for help and you don't rely on anyone but yourself, you're basically telling everyone you don't need them. All you need is yourself and you can navigate this world alone, so why not just do it alone? I thought I didn't need anybody. After all, I was working and living on my own at 17, taking care of a big house and a big yard, feeding myself, doing a lot of things that kids just don't even know how to grapple with when they go off to college. And let's face it, some of them don't even know how to grapple with after college. But there I was that morning in the orchard. I didn't exactly know how I got there, but I was safe. I was in a hot, stinky 1987 Ford Taurus surrounded by a bunch of passed out skaters, but I was safe. And I know, I know. If I had a daughter and I heard that she woke up in the backseat of her car in an orchard with a bunch of skater boys, I'd probably lose my shit. And I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. But honestly, I was in a safer place, in a better situation than I would have been had I tried to drive myself home the night before. Nothing happened to me. We didn't drive to someone's house in conditions we had no business driving in. I didn't wake up in someone's bed, and I was fully clothed. Miss Independent had her squad looking after her, and she had to rely on other people. And guess what? They came through. They made sure I slept somewhere safe, as safe as an orchard can be. They made sure I didn't drive 16 miles to my house. And bonus, I didn't wake up with a tattoo on my face, so it could have been a whole lot worse. We can be self-reliant, independent badasses, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't lean on others when we need to. It doesn't mean that we have to be 100% independent 100% of the time. And I think this is big for women, especially women in business. We carry so much responsibilities for our families, in our homes, in our businesses, and we think we have to do it all and that we have to do it all ourselves. That's our job as wives, as mothers, as CEOs. And I'm not trying to exclude men from this conversation, but so many of us women are trying to prove something, even if only to ourselves. What I love about life is how absolutely ridiculous it is. It's paradoxical. We live little absurdities every single day. Nothing is black and white. This word, independent, it can be such a positive thing. I'm an independent woman. My child is so independent they can make their own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Or, in my case, my dog is so independent he puts himself to bed. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines independent in several ways, a couple of these being not subject to control by others and not requiring or relying on others. But being independent also has its downsides. It's a paradox. Now, I'm not going to say there's such thing as being too independent, but I do want you to be aware of the ways in which being independent can potentially disconnect you from those around you, those who care about you. It can also create a lot more stress than necessary in your life. Take for instance, in my case, I've always thought of myself as so self-reliant and so independent that I never asked for help. And perhaps in the back of my head, I even think that asking for help or getting assistance is in some way weak. It's absolutely not. It's actually very smart. Having a meal delivery service, having someone come clean your home, getting help with your yard or 
even just asking your partner or your friend to help you put together that damn Ikea furniture that you know you can do yourself, but would be so much easier with an extra set of hands. We've all been there. Just because you can do things alone doesn't mean you have to. And of course, this translates to your business. Yes, I know that you can do a lot, and I know that you're taking it all on because your business is your baby. But don't let the fact that you're able to handle a lot of different things, that you're independent, prevent you from getting help in your business that will make your life so much easier, so much more enjoyable, and that will give you even more freedom and more independence in your life. Do you see what I mean about paradoxes? Independence is a great quality, but just be aware of how you are, for lack of a better word, leveraging independence and when that might be holding you back. Are you using it as a shield or a mask? Hire that assistant. Outsource. Let someone else do the laundry for once. Give up some independence in order to gain some freedom. And next time a family member or your partner offers to help you with something, even if you can do it yourself, just say yes. People like to be helpful and to make their loved ones feel good. So let them. You might just find yourself having more fun tackling a chore alongside a companion and building deeper connections while you're at it. That's what I learned when I woke up in that orchard, that I had people I could rely on and that I didn't have to do everything myself. And had I tried doing everything myself that night, perhaps I would have ended up in a ditch or even worse. I implore you to learn from my aha moment. I've already done the dirty work for you and so have the guys from The Hangover. They had their squad, I had mine, and if you don't have yours, if you're a super independent badass, I hope you'll take a moment to consider the value of leaning on other people every now and again. You don't have to lean quite as hard as I did, figuratively and probably literally, but just give it a try. You might find out you kind of like it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.